And we're live. Welcome back to the Widehorn Project. Alec, your host and co-host, also introducing our other co-host, Dylan, why don't you introduce yourself? Alec, how you doing today? Yep, this is Dylan over here on the East Coast, beautiful Boston on a Sunday night. How are you doing this week, huh? Oh, we're doing good, man. I couldn't be better. Excited to see your face. Excited to dive into this next episode. We hope you enjoyed the first episode. Round two, we're bringing you with some heat. Um, as you know, our philosophy is to bring you um, some quotes, some tastes of history, and talk to you a little bit further about maybe how these quotes maybe apply to our lives, our communities, our friends. Uh, we'll go from there. So we're going to dive right on into it. Um, I've got a quote here from Plato that I would love to start us off with. It's a really good one, and I think it has a lot packed into just one sentence. So we'll, uh, we'll read it out loud. Dylan, I'll have you dissect your first, you know, well, I'll have you dissect this, give me your first feedback, let me know what you think. Ready? You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Ooh. But that's it. That's it. What a great, great quote to introduce episode number two with. I mean, that is, that's a heavy hitter. It's a heavy so, hitter right there. Okay. I got, I got a little bit to say on that. So interesting. Okay. So I think anytime you're talking to and we know this from being in sales, right? Anytime you talk to somebody, I feel like intentionally or unintentionally, there's always a little bit of a, a facade or a game being played, right? Um, and we see this most often in work, like with sales, at least I see it. But I also see it a lot in social settings. And as I've become more self-aware and aware of other people and how they show up in situations, it is something that is definitely holds true. And it, it can be a little bit tricky, especially as you're trying to make friends, you know, and, and build up your social and professional network, so to speak. I think that that play teaches a lot, definitely a lot more than the words. And then, hey, they always say actions speak louder than words, right? So what's been your experience with, you know? Instantly, it sounds like Plato's throwing shade. So <laughs> you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. It sounds like Plato and his boys were talking and somebody said some dumb shit and he's like, dude, you don't act like that. What the hell are you talking about? So I feel like, yeah, 100% on the action front, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play. Let's dissect play. What do we think it means by play? Just like, is it actions? Is it encounters that maybe aren't meant to be like are you hanging out at the bar talking about like what you did that week is that play is that conversation i mean where, where's the line yeah so i think when we talk about play at least in my mind play instantly takes me to competition so that's sports that's leisure games anything where there's a set of rules and, and a, a, a couple parties or one party and another engaging in some sort of competition you learn a lot about people you learn a lot about if somebody is a competitor you, you can start to figure out what makes people excited, what makes them tick. So when I hear play, I think of engaging in something where it, there's an opportunity to compete. Um, and, and again, a lot of this stuff is it's social, it's fun, it's for leisure. But you, you really do understand a lot of how people operate and you can start to understand how – you can expect them to show up in certain situations based on if they're a competitive person, if they're somebody who plays by the rules. To that, to them, is play even play? Does it work? You know, some people approach play like work, and that in and of itself, I think, goes against.
against kind of what Plato is saying or makes it a little bit more difficult to kind of understand yeah. people like that. Do you, do you get where I'm going with that? I get where you're going with that. It's yeah, – I, I think it's just, yeah, the actions part is probably the part that's drawing me in the most. I'm just trying to think about it. So you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Well, I think that just means instantly. It's almost like first impressions. You know, it's just like, oh, like, you know, how, how did you get along with this person? Um, but to the play part, I think, and just from pure speculation, in the context of the sentence, play probably has to do with something in the confines of a game, a set of rules. I think competition definitely plays there for sure. Play, play, play on words. There you go. See, um, play. Yeah, play. Um, year of conversation, though. I mean, do you think that in that part if, of the sentence, are, is he saying that you're not getting to the root of who the person is, even if you've gotten to know them for a long period of time? Because I feel like a year of conversation, you definitely get to know a lot about a person, but a year, but an hour of play. I mean, to your point with com- competition. How do people act when it comes to competing? I mean, do they change their values? Are they nasty? Do they say things? Do they do things that they might not normally would do or say in a conversation? I think that's definitely true. I mean, when we get competitive, Dylan, I think that, like, you know, there's definitely sparks of of fire, you know? Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Well, you you said it perfectly. Sparks of fire. It's passion. It's carnal. It's the primal desires or inner workings of who you are that really comes through in these moments. Because yeah, it's it, there's not a lot on the table, right? It's play. It's competition. It's a game, right? But as we've seen in our own lives, they pay people millions of dollars for the game for the entertainer. You know, the people that are out there playing children's games for a living, you know, it, it's something that in, that encapsulates all of us. It, it We fall into a trance. We're just wowed by this bigger than life experience. And I think when you throw people into those, regardless of whether it's a couple people in a backyard or somebody out in front of tens of thousands of people, it says a lot about their characters. And we see this in professional sports, right? Look at some of the way some of the athletes play the games that they played. You know, when they're in the game, when they're in the competition. Listen, you may hate Bryce Harper or you may hate LeBron James, but watch the way they play the game, right? Tells you a lot about who they are deeper down than all the words and all the political stances and all the comments that they have to say when the cameras are rolling. That's stuff that they can control for for the most part. But you can't really control if you're a competitive person and you're in the zone, you're not really thinking about how you're showing up. You're just showing up and you either got it or you don't. And unfortunately, right. a lot of people don't got it. So A lot of people don't got it. I think you can take a broader <laughs> approach too. Now, not even thinking of just athletes. What about actors, right? I mean, you know, people who are in the limelight who do a great film. I mean, you look at like somebody who's got you could put any actor on out there. It really doesn't matter. And you look at their resume or repertoire of, of films, and you go, wow, this person's really great in all their different roles and all this stuff. But when the cameras are off and, you're like you said before, like what's their you know their political stances, what are they saying in the media, all that kind of good stuff, I think it applies to more play, not necessarily just being competition, but maybe a passion. Maybe play means what your passion is. Yeah. Um, and then in a year of conversation, I don't know. It's interesting. That's good. That's a good one. I think it's a really good quote for for today's episode. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have something you want to say? No, you're okay. I mean, I think so. I, following along the same vein and 
with play, absolutely, there are a ton of different mirages, or I guess there are a lot of mirages, rather. There, there are a ton of different hats that play can, can take on, right, and mm-hmm. people can wear. So, I mean, you could be a poet. You could be a musician. Anything that that lights your soul on fire and that that truly interests you if you're engaging in that play with somebody else or you're watching somebody engage it could be solo play that you're just happening to witness you know as a, mm-hmm. as an onlooker or um you know a standby person you see a lot more of who somebody is or or what their impacts of their lives have brought them to be in those moments because again there's no ulterior motive you know people can show up in conversations with so many different angles and ways so you know that that's kind of another way i think you can think about it as well one thing that popped into my mind when you were saying it was kind of like primal instincts almost Mm -hmm. where it's like do we get back to the roots of like what it was like to be hunter gatherer right like do we go back to those instincts of just like okay eat or or be eaten kind of uh, kind of mentality so that was something that i was definitely thinking about when you said that for sure and the fact that conversation can be almost manipulated, right? Because people can come into conversation with a lot already planned on how they want to say and how they want to present themselves. When you've got one shot and you've got 10 seconds left on the on a shot clock and you got to make something happen, you know, what you do in those next 10 seconds is really going to be what people look at, right? I mean, at the end of the day too, that's what people are going to look at when compare. I mean, yeah, you can say all this stuff about, you know, let I mean, who's a good athlete that maybe was excellent at what they did? But maybe not so great in the limelight. Do you think of anybody? So do you mean great in the limelight in, in the sense of that the community looked at them in a, in a positive light or or they did well in front of the camera, like a, a strong articulator, I guess I'm trying to I, understand I think that. I'm trying to think of maybe – so I guess the point where I'm trying – what I'm trying to get at is, is maybe there are people out there that were excellent at what they did. But outside of their passion or their pursuit or their action or game or sports, whatever it was, that outside of that, they might not have been looked at positively. But do we value what they did outside of their action or passion more than what they did during that event? Does, yeah. Do you get where I'm trying to go with that? Yeah. And so maybe if- that's what Plato is saying too. Like you can discover more about a person in an hour of play too in the sense of – okay, maybe what they do and say outside of the court has nothing to do with who they really, really are. I mean, obviously that's the quote, but I'm just kind of, the yeah. light bulbs are kind of, you know, ticking right now. Yeah. So you want to know a fascinating case study for this example is a, a man by the humble name of Alex Rodriguez. Okay. We're talking about a guy who was, a, who was, is, will forever be a phenomenal athlete, regardless of the PED use, regardless of all the controversy. Phenomenal athlete, okay, achieved at the highest level repeatedly, tremendous, was like despised. And as a Yankee fan, myself, I know you are as well, you know, he was even vilified by the own team that he supported and donned the stripes for, you know. And then after he's all done, you know, they win a World Series, whatever, then he's all set and done and and he retires, he then reinvents himself. He's this. He claws his way back from this villain who performed on the field, but you hated him and you booed him. And if you're a Red Sox fan, you wanted him to die and all these things. And then he reinvents himself and then he's he's engaged to J-Lo and, all, and for years he's just building, building, building. And then what happens? 
I don't know if you keep up on current events or TMZ, but him and J-Lo are done. And the rumor is that he's a freaking cheater. Well, what do you know? What a surprise. Mm-hmm. What a surprise that the that that the guy who shows up in conversation and what he's doing doing off of the field, not consistent with the guy that we saw on the field, the guy we saw in right. play. So, so with the guy that we saw on the field and in, in, in play, obviously a great athlete, you know, exemplified the best. But cheated. In baseball. But he's cheated. A Does that label him as a cheat? But he doesn't cheat in baseball. Well, he's he did. Faithful to baseball. No, but he cheated in baseball. He used PEDs and then he che- allegedly okay. cheated in his relationship. So if we look at the relationship as play, it does right? and that's romantic play, right? And then you look at the, the, the job of being a professional athlete as play and that's a game. It's competition. It, the parallels, it's, it's – you would be – when I explain it like that, is it really difficult to understand that, that A-Rod is a cheater? Right. Not it's no, you, in no, his entire career. of course. So obviously, in other areas of play, he's gonna cheat. So do you but, think his primal instincts are like the way that he was like his DNA is wired? Is that he's just not got good virtues, or he's not virtuous? I, I it, that's a big thing to think about. Yeah. So I don't want to sit on top of a, a tower and throw stones on somebody who is, first of all, way more successful, has made way right. more money. No, than but me. I guess yeah. what I'm trying to get at is, is that if we're going to discuss him right. and his actions, and then we're going to discuss him in conversation, is is there a disconnect? And obviously there is. And does that mean that who he is in both facets is just not really who? Maybe we aspire to be? Is that the best yeah. way to say it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think two things can be true at the same time, right? So you can be a successful athlete and a successful person, but also just be a terrible person. And I think that mm-hmm. you can be, you know, loving to your family and to even maybe your your spouse, but also cheat on them. You know, two things can be true at the same time. And, you know, if you've ever had a sales teammate or a manager who's slimy, and they're gross at their work and they're successful, you know, they, chances are they're, they're probably, you could probably find a, a circumstance in their lives in personal, professional, whatever, ro- romantic, and they probably emulate that same, that same behavior. Mm-hmm. So you can tell a lot. I don't, morals, it's hard. I, and I know that's what you're it asking about. It's hard to say because it's complex. And I think environment and circumstance plays a lot into that, but you know, that's, you, if you really pay attention to what people do rather than what they say, I think that tells mm-hmm. a lot more. And, and that's the whole action speak louder than words. And what I think really right. Plato's getting at is watch somebody think, behave. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the core of the quote, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation, is actions speak louder than words. At the end of the day, I mean, what you do is a reflection of who you are. Right. Almost I mean, like what, 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 yeah, what are people going to say, say about you when you're not around? I mean, they're probably going to talk about the things that you've done, not the things that you've said. Right. And in, to take it full circle and bring it to a place which will really, I hope, make people think is in our own minds with ourselves, watch what we watch yourself. Go through your mm-hmm. daily routine and, and watch yourself when you're engaging in something or when, or when you're going about your daily habits. Watch that and then watch how you talk to yourself. Watch how mm-hmm. you th- listen to yourself and your self-talk and think about the person that is actually doing the actions and what you're telling yourself. I, mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, I bet you the voice inside your head telling you that you're really great or you're really awful is probably not so calibrated to what you're actually doing. So take a step yeah. back at that. If you think you're the greatest and if you think you're the worst, 
prob- evaluate your actions and see if they're co- they're yeah. if if they're um you know in line with with each other because I bet yes. you that they're not consistent m- most of the time. Humble yourself, take a seat. You know, everybody's always on their high horse, right? You know, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's just me. I got everything good. I've got or vice versa. They could think pessimist pessimistic, negative, whatever it might be. And it might be the opposite. Maybe they're just too hard on themselves too. But I think that's a great place to uh, to end it. I appreciate you guys coming on in. I'll leave you with the quote one more time. Take it with you throughout your day. Think about it. Be intentional. Be mindful. You can discover more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. Plato. Hey guys, appreciate you listening to the Widehorn Project. Dylan, you want to take us away? Yeah, like listen, it was a pleasure as always. For everybody, thanks for staying uh, engaged and tuned in to our second episode of the Winehorn Project. Excited to get some more content out to you soon. Thanks and have a great uh, evening.